welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. So today I wanted to talk a little bit. Well, before I get into that, okay, let me rewind. Let me do a little quick introduction if the, of the Mom Link. If you have not yet heard of the Mom Link community, the Mom Link community was actually birthed on this app uh, less than a year ago. Myself, the beautiful Gina Skeleton, and beautiful Nicole Puckerin, who are also on stage with me. Literally, we were three strangers who came on this app less than a year ago, or we came on the app a year ago, each individually. And complete strangers, we came together. You know, we resonated with a few things that we were going through in our motherhood journey, brought us together, our backgrounds in the not-for-profit world brought us, brought us together and our need and desire to want to make impact in the world. We literally hopped on a Zoom and brainstormed the mom link, brainstormed a business concept, an idea that we wanted to see happen. And ultimately what we wanted to see happen was we wanted to create impact, impact in the lives of other women um, that uh, we were going to 
build this community around. So that's exactly what we set out to do. And today, uh, we are so proud. We have 23,000 members in our community. We have hosted two virtual successful summits. We have an upcoming summit that I'll tell you a little bit more about later on. Uh, and that's a mini master uh, class summit that's happening on March 5th that I'd love to share the link up at the top and talk a little bit more um, uh, in just a few minutes. So that is the mom link. If you're not following myself, Nicole and Gina, please go ahead and give us a follow. Join our community. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed if you join our community. Come check out our, you know, our famous connect and collaborate rooms. Those happen every Wednesday, 1 p.m. EST. And that room is absolutely magical. I actually call it the mom link magic because what goes down in that room is incredible. It's literally a room full of women that are showing up to support one another and uh, stand on their sidelines and watch other women win. We show up because we want to collaborate and we ultimately want to cancel the culture of competition amongst women. That is what we have set out to do. And I will tell you, we are we are going to achieve this. We are going to create a movement where women are canceling the culture of competition. So that's the mom link. Uh, I'm going to pin that link. Oh, Nicole went ahead and, or Gina went ahead and pinned that link up at the top. So if you're looking for information about our upcoming summit, uh, you can go ahead and click that link and uh, read a little bit about our speakers, which is myself, Nicole, and Gina, and also one of our uh, Diamond sponsors, who is Modeline, uh, also be speaking at our summit. Okay, so today the discussion is money. I want to talk a little bit about um, our money mindset and specifically our relationship with money. And just like anything else in our past, it has a great deal of influence on how you perceive things around you, and the same thing applies to money. In my opinion, this stems right from the way you were raised and your parents' relationship with money and what you observed as a child. But always keep in mind, mindset is fluid. It is not static, it is ever changing. And the same applies to our money mindset. It is continuously impacted by our lived experiences and the individuals that have come in and out of our lives. For example, did you ever, I know this just can't be me, but did you ever, when you're in your teenage years, know somebody or had a friend who did some shoplifting. Now this would have impacted you. It may have influenced you to shoplift, but maybe it didn't. But regardless if it influenced you or not, it definitely impacted you to either never do such a thing or associate with such actions, or it may have impacted you by almost creating a tolerance or an understanding or an acceptance of your shoplifting friend. Either way, I bet you never shared this with your parents. Well, I certainly did not. Why? Because my parents were these Portuguese immigrants. And let me tell you, they would have picked up the phone and they would have called my friend with their broken English and they would have said, you no more friends with Cristal. That's it. And I would have been so embarrassed to even just show up at school the next day. So I definitely never shared this with my parents, but it definitely impacted me. So I didn't disassociate. I accepted my friend. I understood my friend and I understood that's something that my friend chose to do. Uh, but it didn't, you know, it didn't influence me. So the foundation of our money mindset definitely stems from the influence of our upbringing, our family values, our culture, our religion, and essentially really it comes down to our own parents' relationship with money. I had a very unique upbringing, I, I guess you would say. So both my parents were immigrants uh, to Canada. They were Portuguese immigrants, broken English, like I said. Uh, and the first thing they did, the reason they came to Canada was they were told there was opportunities to work in the farm, picking tomatoes and picking cucumbers. So they came to Canada, they did exactly that, got right into the farms. And then eventually, soon after, my father went into um, factory work and of course my mom went into cleaning houses. So my mom and my father were both extremely hardworking individuals. They saved their money. Um, and back in that time, it was all about, you know, paying off your mortgage, all your money went to your mortgage, it went nowhere else, and always couponing for groceries and checking out the next sales. They were very frugal with their money. However, my father, I could see, it just boiled his blood. He hated 
watching other people who had more than him. He always wanted more than he had. He was never happy, never satisfied with our current financial situation. And, you know, I can't deny we had a great financial situation. We had a house over our head. We had a warm place to sleep. We had food on the table. So really, I couldn't understand that about my father, but that's who he was. Unfortunately, that really led my father to uh, find a different type of life and a different money mindset and a different way of making his money. My dad actually got involved um, shortly after coming to Canada in organized crime. I guess my, you can say my father was part of the mafia. I had no idea. My mother actually hid this from me my whole life. Up until the age of 13 years old, we went through, my parents went, I say we because I went through it as well. We went through the nastiest divorce. I actually discovered uh, my father um, having an affair through my father tapping our phone lines and uh, he and his confused head thought my mother he heard someone saying on the tapped phone lines that my mother was having an affair and so he made me listen to it and when he made my 13 year old self listen to that videotape I turned around to my dad and I said dad they're not talking about mom they're talking about you anyways that was my dad's paranoid mind and that's what happened being involved in the organized crime that he was involved with and how paranoid that made him but this was all he did all this because he wanted more money he wanted fine things he wanted he wanted you know, people to see him as somebody who, you know, had what he wanted, all the material things. And do you know how that impacted me? It impacted me because my whole life, anything I wanted, it would arrive on my bed. I wanted the shiny silver jacket from Guess. And it was like, you know, over $100 at the time, which was a big deal and a big deal to my mom. And it showed up on my bed. It just literally showed up on my bed. And I was like, wow, you know, my dad at the time actually had a construction company. It was like, you know, the cover for his his money laundering. And um, I want that silver jacket appeared. I was so happy. And literally I had I just thought my dad was a hard construction worker. I had no idea. Of course, my mom let me know once we came through that nasty divorce. I found, you know, I discovered the the way that my my dad had stepped out of my mother. And so I eventually discovered who and what my dad was involved in. My mother, on the other hand, after working in the farms, cleaning houses, she then got a job um, uh, in retail. And till today, she's 36 years still with the same retail retail company. She worked as a cashier, then she moved up and worked as an assistant manager, then a manager. And today she is now the general manager Uh, of her own store and has actually traveled to open up other um, stores in various locations. She's very successful in her job. She worked damn hard and she saved her money and she just did really well for herself. My dad today still has that same relationship with money, just always looking for those material things. It really impacted me. And I have to say that impacted me because in my relationships and my relationships in life, I never wanted people to know you know, um, I had a house and it doesn't have a garage. It has a carport. Like I'm embarrassed. That was embarrassing for me. I would never let people know. I didn't want people to come over to my house. You know, what type of car we drove. I never wanted my mom to pick up our friends. We had a black Bonneville and it was, you know, not the coolest car at the time. And I was so embarrassed by it. I hated when my mom, you know, my, my friends would go to uh, her store and see her be a cashier. I was embarrassed by it. I wanted people to just see the things that I had, the material things that I had. So it definitely impacted me as a child in my relationship with money. And my pivotal moment actually was in my professional years when I worked in the not-for-profit world. I worked as a fund development for some, in fund development for some years. I, I did a lot of fundraising in my years in nonprofit. And when it came to fund development and um, working with donors, that's when I realized I had to change my mindset with money. Why? Because I was crippled with anxiety and fear to ask somebody that was already a hot lead, it was already a donor of the organization for X amount of money because it was a large sum of money. I was like, oh God, I can't ask somebody for that kind of money. And somebody said to me, why not? They're a donor. They love the work we do, our organization does. Why is it so hard to ask them for money? They've already donated. And that person said to me, ooh, that is rooted with your relationship with money. 
And so I took that time to really think, oh my goodness, does it, you know, like, does this really have to do with my mindset, my relationship with money? And it did. I was uncomfortable to ask for money for a great cause, for an amazing cause, something I believed in. So I had to do a little bit of work. So I want to tell you just a couple little simple tips that I use to really evaluate what my relationship with money and um, just two simple exercises that you can do right now. So the first one is I want you to do a word association exercise. This is literally what this person told me, two simple steps, and it just helped me to start broadening my mindset and broadening my mind that I needed to learn a little bit more about my relationship with money. So the first thing I did was literally took out a piece of paper at the top of the piece of paper, write down the word money in big capital letters, and then set a timer, give yourself 30 seconds, and write down as fast as you can, don't even think about any word that comes to your to your mind about money and write it down on the paper, you have 30 seconds. And then take a minute to step back and look and take a look. You know, this can help you get a better understanding of what you really think about your relationship with money and your mindset around your money. Let's and do it number- right now, Crystal. <laughs> Let's Amazing. have everybody in the room do it right now. Everybody, if they got a pen, paper, they got their phone, Whatever. Yes. Let's, let's, let's give everybody 30 seconds to write down. All, all right. I'm putting a timer on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I think that's a great idea. So, all right. So while, while, while you're grabbing a pen and paper, if you don't have one already, pen or paper, get that out. Get your phone ready to take some notes, whatever. We'll reset real quick while you're doing that. This is Breakfast with Champions, Wiener Breakfast Club. Your opportunity to get a seat at the table. We're here Monday through Friday, actually Monday through Saturday from 5 a.m until like one in the afternoon, we're always here. That's what we do, right? That's what we do, bringing you motivation, education, and inspiration. We're so glad you're here. If you haven't shared the room, if you would please, bottom left-hand corner, there's two little arrows. Go ahead and click those arrows. You can share the room out into the hallways. It's amazing when you do that. It makes an impact in other people's lives. It, It shows this room to some folks that are out there looking for some motivation, some education, some inspiration. It introduces new people on the app to our room. We've been seeing party hacks like crazy over the last couple weeks. And also it allows me to see you, which is cool, right? I could see Karen King just shared the room. Farrah Dean just shared the room. Sonia Merritt just shared the room. Ippy Thomas shared the room. Gina Skelton had shared the room, shared the room. Hi, Gina. Joel shared the room. Sylvie shared the room. Megan G. Martino shared the room. So it means so much to us when you do that. continue to do that that would be great and with that okay crystal that should have given them time now everybody's got pen paper they've got their phone out they're ready to take some notes you have a challenge for us we're going to go 30 seconds writing down say it one more time so everybody knows exactly what to do and then we'll do it ready all right everybody write down the word money at the top of your paper big letters money Take out your pen and paper, but you should always have a pen and paper when you're on your when you're on Clubhouse. I swear, I've never on Clubhouse without a pen and paper. Write down money and let's go. Starting the timer now. Thirty seconds. Write down every word that comes to mind when you think about money, and don't think overthink it. Just write those words down. Feel like we need a little bit of do 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 All right. I think uh, that's enough time there. Anyways, that's just a little bit of exercise just to get you started to thinking about the words you think of when you think of money. The second little exercise that I did was, of course, gratitude. And I think anytime we talk about money and money mindset, it's all about gratitude. And, you know, for me personally, it was really about writing down the things that I'm grateful for, that I have, that I might be privileged to have that others don't have and stop focusing on those that have the things that you really want. I mean, it's great, you know to put your goals down and, you know, to manifest, you know, things that you want in life. And it's okay to, you know, want this amazing car or this trip around the world. Like that's amazing. Put those goals down too, but also put down the things that you are grateful for. Put down the things that others in this world 
may not have. You know, I worked in the harm reduction community. I worked with intravenous drug users who were couch surfers. I really understood what it means to not have a home. I understood what it it is, what the motel system looks like. And people who don't have warm food, warm socks. You know, when I worked in um, in harm reduction, we would go around winter time and, and hand out supplies. Um, and one of the supplies that we would hand out, yes, it, um, we would hand out harm reduction supplies, but we would also hand out cotton socks. And it made me realize, wow, I'm so grateful I have cotton socks and cotton socks because a lot of these people were individuals were sleeping out on the streets. And the one thing that they needed to keep their body warm was actually cotton socks, not any other kind of socks. They needed to be cotton because they didn't absorb water. So write down the things that you are grateful for. Write down the things that you have that we may take for granted, like a house over a roof or our heads, warm you know, warm food, those cotton socks, write those down uh, and remind yourself of those whenever you have any type of setback with your mindset with money. And to end this, money mindset's not fixed. It can always be changed because knowledge is power, but depending on what you do with it. We as humans are adaptable. And if we have the power to improve our relationship with money, we can ultimately always change our money mindset for the better. That is all I wanted to share. Um, I love this space. I'm going to pass the mic over to my partner in crime, the beautiful Gina Skeleton. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Breakfast with Champions. Glenn, Hi, Gina. Hey, Glenn. How are you doing today? Fabulous. How are you, girl? Good morning. I'm doing great. Uh, I was doing even better until I realized that I um, grabbed a shirt for um, this morning, a tank top to put on because I'm going to work on, on the Peloton. And I have uh, a black pair of black and white tie dye pants. And I grabbed the, the what I thought was a black shirt um, from the from the 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 drawer this morning that, you know, it was 6.30 and it's dark out and Todd's in Boston getting us moved in. And I realized just now that the shirt that I thought was black is actually purple. And it was like, I wanted to share that because how many times in life do we think one specific thing, uh, we think that's exactly the way it is and we find out that it's not. And I think that that's a very um, great analogy for sometimes the way that we think about money. And I wanted to come in. First of all, I have to say, give it up for Crystal. Woo yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, That's yes. A travesty, yes. girl. I could not believe you were wearing a purple yeah. shirt. Yep, I have a purple shirt on. Uh, yep. I just, and the funny thing was, I kind of was like, man, this shirt <laughs> faded and it's not black. And purple. <laughs> so here we are with my purple shirt. I'm totally missing. Oh my gosh. But I'm sorry. It was a purple shirt day. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. The most yeah. important thing is, is that, uh, the mindset that I have, uh, and, and you know what, I'll, I'll relate this to my weight loss. I had an over 150 pound weight loss, and I believe that, you know, money Girl. and weight loss and financial, you know, backing has a lot to do with uh, your mindset. And so uh, I'm going to share today a little bit about, you know, the way that I was brought up. I loved Crystal Shares uh, and how she, you know, you know, the way that we're brought up around money really does shape who we are. And how we <laughs> cool. All right. Do we have a hot mic? Okay. Oh. Yeah, that was a real hot mic right there. Oh, yeah. it was, it was <laughs> I was like, I'm really drawn over in. there. Holy <laughs> No, Gina, uh, I loved what Crystal had to share too. And I would love it right before you start. Can can like four or five people just share some of their words that popped into their mind when hey, they wrote Yeah, let's do that. That would be awesome. So just real quick, let's just go around. If you wrote down some words that popped into your mind when you think about money without thinking, you did Crystal's 30-second uh, thing there. Just unmic real quick and just shout out the word, like one of the words that you wrote down. Go ahead. Anxiety. Ooh, anxiety. I can't stop saying love. I just can't stop saying love. Abundance. Freedom. Access. Freedom. 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 Security. Fear. Fear. Keep going. Fear. Achievable. Fear. Wealth. No money wow. problems. Give. Wealth. Wow. Blessing. Sharing. Blessings. I love that one. Abundance. Yeah. Abundance. 
potential. Wow, good, good, good. I love this. See, this, this is powerful right here, Gina. What Crystal sparked is really, really powerful because you have to then look at those words and think about why, right? Why, why do I fear it? Why do I have anxiety? Or where does this idea of abundance come from? Or I've been taught to give. I love that. Or the lessons that I learned from it. So I love how just a quick 30 second, where is your mind around money, right? Because awareness is first. And if that mindset's not ultimately serving you, then what can you do to shift your thoughts around that? Which I know, Gina, is what you're going to go into right now. So I love that, Crystal. Thanks for having us do that. I think that was really, really powerful. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Glenn and Crystal, for that powerful exercise. It definitely um, brings to the forefront of the mind some of these maybe conscious or unconscious thoughts that we have around money. And um, the reality is, you know, what if you believe that you're poor, if you if that is your mindset, then the, the through the universal law of attraction, you know, your your reality is going to be that. And, and you don't shift from poor to abundant overnight. You're never going to, you know, that's not going to happen. That's not going to work. But what, how you start is looking at what you currently have and seeing the abundance in what you already have and being grateful for what you already have. And then that turns into um, you receive more what you put your energy in, you receive more. And so if you're grateful for the abundance around you, isn't it going to be the law of attraction that you're going to receive more abundance around you, right? So th there's definitely a, a mindset piece that goes to money. And I, I want to start off by talking about, you know, I was raised by my grandparents and they, back in the days that, you know, they were younger and having their own children, uh, they owned the only grocery store in Scranton, Pennsylvania, back when grocery stores weren't, you know, big corporations, they were little mom and pop shops. And so, you know, my parents, my grandparents grew up with the, this idea that, um, you know, you had to work hard for your money and, and, and they did, they made a very good living, but they also, you know, lived in the store. Uh, they, their children worked in the store and, you know, they, 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 they encourage their children to become doctors or business owners or all the things, you know, back then that they thought that's how you create wealth for yourself. And so it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, um, but I did grow up with the, the mindset that you have to work hard and make money. And so when I was 15, uh, my first job was at Wendy's and uh, I hated those blue polyester pants and the button down polyester shirt that I had to wear. Um, <laughs> and luckily I didn't stick around Wendy's for that long, but I did always have, you know, a, a job, quote unquote, growing up. I think we got Mike. There we go. Okay. Um, so I did always have this kind of job growing up and, and I did, you know, think that I had to go to high school, complete, you know, high school, go to college, get a degree. You know, my, ver my parents were very much subscribed to the the way that the system is set up for people um and i believe that the system is really set up uh to keep people in a little in a decent amount of of bondage so that they receive a little bit more than what they think that they need most of the time but not enough to do too well to threaten the status quo and not 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 enough where they're having a complete revolt in the streets. And that's what I believe is, you know, the, 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 the way that the system is set up is to keep people in, in the daily grind in, in the, in the keep them controlled, keep them working for the system, keep them working for larger corporations and never really getting out of that cycle. And when you think about that, that is, that is a mindset, that is a construct um, that people created. And the reality is, that there is a whole abundant energy in nature, that the, that the God source, the infinite source is that of abundance. And if we allow ourselves to pull back and take a step back from any construct that we're buying into that keeps us limited, that removes us from the source and center, which is that of 
um, abundance, then we're going to remain in that. And it's going to take a lot of energy and a lot of work to pull out of the, the system that is set up to keep us, you know, kind of enslaved to corporations and the control of the, the society that we are in and tap into the abundance and the fullness of this, this God center that is really working to provide for you everything that you could possibly want and imagine. We just have to believe that and tap into that. And we all know that that exists because we all know that there are days when we feel like we're in the flow, right? We're, we're in our power. We're in our center. We're in our service. We're tapped in and, and things and people are coming into our lives and moving in the direction where we're manifesting exactly what we want. So we know that that exists. And we know that that exists because we can look into nature and see abundance in nature all around us. If we look at, you know, an apricot or an apple tree or a, a lemon tree, you know, that tree stands tall and it bears abundant fruit. It bears so much fruit. You, can, you can't even possibly eat the amount of fruit that some of these trees, you know, um, the fruit falls on the, on the ground. I remember being in Boston and we would go apple picking and there were so many apples there, the apples were on the ground. The apples were on the tree. I mean, you couldn't even you couldn't even pick. An, there was abundance. And nature is, it, it shows you that there's abundance in life. Now imagine if man, you know, if they were in charge of these trees, right? There'd be two little tiny, teeny, tiny apples all the way at the top, out of reach. You'd have to get permission to get the apples. You'd have to get a certificate when you got the apples. Then they would, you know, cut you a piece of the apples and say, you know, taxes, we're taking back most of the apple. You get a tiny little piece. You know, that's that's kind of how the way that our society works. It's not tapped into that abundance. It's a tapped into the control and the divvying out and the ownership of that. And so when, when you realize that there is this abundant energy in the world, that is when you begin to realize that it's up to you to be able to free yourselves from any of these limiting beliefs that you have around money. I know a lot of times people think, oh man, you know, if we have too much money, you know, how am I going to organize? How am I going to handle that? Uh, people aren't going to like me. You know, that's not really godly because, you know, the, you know, the Bible teaches, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth. And that really is a fallacy. You know, people who are spiritual, who have a spiritual energy, have, a, 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 have tapped into that abundance energy. And a lot of times are, are very wealthy because they understand the law of universal abundance and that money is simply an energy force that when you have this this feeling of value, that you have this product or service that you know has an amazing impact on the people around you and can change the world, that you know that that is just, that money comes from the exchange of that energy, that you can do good work and solve amazing problems and be a good human and have an amazing amount, an abundant amount of energy. Because when you have money, you have the ability to make impact on the world around you. You have the ability to treat your friends and your family well. You have the ability to donate to charities and make the world a better place. You have the ability to control what's going on in the world. And so um, that that fallacy of, you know, you can't be a spiritual being and have money is is nonsense. You can have an abundant amount of wealth and be uh, tapped into, you know, be a God, tapped into the God force and to have that, you know, mindset of, of worthiness and deserving of being able to provide for the world and receive that money back in exchange for that. And, and a lot of times, and I'm speaking kind of sometimes right now to everyone in the room, but maybe specifically to the women in the room, because what happens is, we have this desire to want to be loved and appreciated and, and liked in the world. And sometimes I believe that desire gets in the way of us receiving the full value of our money, uh, full value of who we are and what we're worth through money. And I'll tell you how many times have we been, you know, um, knowing that our product or service is, is very valuable and is changing the world, but because we want somebody else to like us, we say to them, you know, oh, you know, it's okay. You don't have to pay me for this or, or, you know, it's okay. Normally I charge a thousand dollars, but I'll give it to you for $200. And we devalue our worth because we want somebody to love us. But what we're actually doing is we're blocking, you know, the, the, the abundant force, we're blocking them from providing for us. 
So if, if we actually love these people that we're serving, we're actually going to allow them to pay us the full value of what we have and what we're worth. You know, my daughter- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. My daughter is eight years old and she picked up on this, this concept very quickly. The other day, my daughter decided to gather some of her little belongings that she has and, and put her little uh, table outside with her chair and made a sign. She was selling a couple of the things that she had you know, in the house and she wanted to make some money. And actually the people were going around and she would come in here and there with a $2 bill and a $5 bill. And she made $12 that night. And I was very proud of her. I'm like, look at you being an entrepreneur and all this stuff. And I was grateful for that. The fact that she had this mindset and she had this go get it kind of attitude. And I'm like, you know, Todd patting us on the back. We're doing a good job. Okay. So the next day I'm driving her to school and she's telling me a little bit about um, you know, what happened last night about, you know, the, the selling of the goods and all these different things. And she said to me, <clears throat> uh, this lady came up and she said, Oh, I like that painting. She said, how much is the painting? And my daughter said, the painting's $3. And the lady said, okay, I have $2. What can I get for $2? And she said, here, you can have this stuffy for $2. And I said to my daughter, well, why didn't you just give the lady the painting? She wanted the painting for $2. And she goes, mom, no, that's a really good painting. And I was like, oh my goodness, my daughter at eight freaking years old <laughs> knows her value and knows her worth and wasn't gonna even take not $1 off that painting because she was confident in that her That was a 30% discount though. Gina. I'm telling you, no she way. was confident enough in who she was to say, no, this is valuable. This is worth $3 and I'm not gonna discount it. And I'm not gonna, you know, um, change the price because the woman didn't have the money. I'm gonna save that until somebody with three dollars comes because she believed in herself. She had the mindset. She had the Did confidence. Did she sell the painting? Did she sell the? Ha painting? She has not ha yet sold the painting, but we've oh, only well, been. I think she, she. I think she should keep it as a memento. <laughs> she will sell that painting, and she will sell that for three dollars. Because that, that painting in her mind was a good painting and the value of that painting was $3 and she wasn't going to compromise herself. So I really love that. Price it for five. Yeah, right. Now, now the painting goes higher, that's a right? Good because story, it's in demand. Actually. It's that's in just high a demand. nice story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great story. And so I really and truly believe that as we, we move forward um, to be able to think about the way that we think about money. We have to do the work to get out of the construct and the thinking that we need to subscribe to what is already in place in our society and take a step back and tap into and manifest from the source of all abundance. Imagine if you're walking through life and, and truly, really and truly, this is what I believe happens, that all of the good and all of the abundance and all of the the, the, you know, the, everything that's working for you in the universe is coming at you as well as all of the evils in the world and all of the negative thoughts and everything that's coming at you and what you experience in your life, you pick out from all the uh, abundant and infinite amounts of possibility, what you experience in your life, whether it be with money, relationships, health, etc., always is always going to be in alignment with what you believe about yourself. If you believe that you deserve an abundant amount of wealth, you will receive the abundant amount of wealth. If you truly believe that you will never have a good relationship with money, you will truly experience never having a good relationship with money. Okay? And, and, if, and there are ways to change that we have to take steps. It's not going to happen overnight, but I believe changing your mindset and working on identifying where we are coming from a place of lack and where that started from and begin to heal those places 
we then can change our mindset and we can then change our belief systems. And then what we believe about ourselves will eventually become our reality. It is the law of the universe. The reason why we experience what we experience is because we believe whatever we believe about ourselves. And that is what co is coming into our lives, into our reality. Uh, I want to open the floor at this point in time to see if that's landing with anybody. If anyone has a comment or wants to add on or, or let me know. Uh, yes, go ahead. Who yeah, is speaking? Sorry if I this was is Ed. Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. Go ahead, Ed. And then we can go to official if you wanted to, uh, as well, to share as well. Thank you, Gina, for your talk this morning. Uh, a, a th recurring thread that keeps popping in my mind this morning is we need to identify when we're on the right bus or not. The opportunity bus runs continuously. And if our mindset is to look for opportunity buses and decide which ones to hop on, that's when it happens. I mean, to, to sit with the wrong mindset and say, oh, yeah, Gina's abundant. She's got abundance. She's, she and Todd are doing great. It's not for me, whatever. You're absolutely right on. The bus for opportunity runs continuously. I'm Ed and I'm complete. Thanks. I love that, Ed. I love that. Uh, official, did you want to chime in as well? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for having this room, and I'm just happy to be here listening. Thank you. You know, thank you for bringing, up, bringing that up, Ed. And, and here's the thing. When I graduated from college, um, I really wasn't very focused on money. I had no desire to make a lot of money. I had a desire to make a major impact. I was very idealistic. I don't know if it's a Gemini thing or if it's just a me thing or whatever it was. I wanted to change the world. I still have that desire into me to this day. And that is why myself, Crystal and Nicole have formed the mom link. Uh, but that's another story. So, you know, I, I was, I was in my twenties. I was idealistic. I was young and I wanted to change the world. And I wanted to do that through getting involved with youth that were in and around circumstances that maybe weren't, weren't going to, that were, you know, stacked against them, that the cards were stacked against them for them to be able to succeed in life. And I wanted to get to those children early because I believed the earlier that we can implant these seeds of, of amazing thoughts into their minds, of a, a I can change their belief system and I can help them get out of any circumstance they were in and help them be successful in life. And I ended up being the CEO of a nonprofit in Delray Beach called the Milagro Center. And we worked with uh, poverty children who were at or below federal poverty level. And we provided them with the mindset, with arts education, with academic enrichment, with mentoring, and all the things that would change who they are fundamentally so that they can come be, become uh, contributing members of society and get out of any cycle of poverty that would include gang-related violence, early teen pregnancy, drug abuse, uh, um, dropping out of high school, incarceration, any of that. And so I did that for 10 years. And I personally raised a lot of money uh, for this nonprofit because we needed to keep the doors open. We needed to keep the lights on. We needed to have supplies for the programming. We needed to pay our bills. We needed to, you know, all the things that you would need to have an organization running. And so even though personally I wasn't making millions of dollars, I was universally focused on having an impact. And so money would come to me easily because of the impact that I was having. And I, I knew that I was providing a service that was changing the world. I knew that that was a value. Can you like give us like a, a cool instance of when that happens so we can get the inspiration from it? What do you mean? Um, can you like clarify example, the question? Like an example. An example of? Like one that happened when the money came in to help you make that impact. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, miraculously, I remember one specific time, and this is like a big one, um, but, you know, we did the work with grant writing and I would go to networking events and I would make relationships with, um, you know, high end donors. But there was one particular time where we was really close to almost closing the doors on this organization. And there was a guy in Delray Beach who used to get on a, in a plane every weekend and write in the sky, Jesus love you every freaking weekend, every weekend, every weekend. I never knew who he was. And he came to the doors of our little center, the Milagro Center. It means miracle in Spanish. Yes, it does. 
And he came to the door, never met him in my entire life. And he said, I want to help you guys. And we were like, hysterical crying because we were like, oh my God, we're gonna have to close. And he wrote us like, I, I think it was like a $100,000 check right there and in there, what? gave us the check, walked out and we never saw him again. I still don't even remember his name. And I, I know that that was a God moment right then and there that, that, you know, it, when God ordains, this is some Joel Osteen stuff. You guys got me going now. Okay. When God ordains that he wants something done, I don't care how many cards are stacked up against you. It will happen when it is God ordained, when you're attached to the source, right? When you are attached to the source, a lemon hangs on the tree and does what it needs to do. And it never worries because it's attached to the source the tree when you're attached to god the source of everything that is in this world love life abundance money anything when you're attached to that source and god wants that to happen it will happen for you life and you have to be confident and you have to have faith like a child that it's going to happen to you so the fact that some random guy we don't even know comes into our center and writes us a hundred dollar check so we can keep those doors up because god wants that to happen Amen. Okay. I just took you to Can church there with some joy. Amen. All right, all right. You know me. I love me some Joel Osteen. I listen. So I drive around, and most people drive around in their car, listen to like all the junk that's on the radio these days. And I'm on 128, listening to Joel Osteen. I'm like, yes, Joel. I am destined for greatness. Yes, Joel. I am connected to the source. Yes, Joel. God wants it for me. It's gonna happen for me. So, anyway, everything you need is already here. Everything I need, and then. Through that work, I always was confident that everything in life was going to be provided for me. I don't know why. And maybe it's because I have a deep faith in God. But through that work, I met my husband. And my husband, he's very financially stable. Like, he's doing very, he's successful financially. He did the work. He came from a poor town in New Orleans called Metairie. And he had that mindset of constantly... Uh, right. He, he's in the automotive world, but he's also an investor right now. And he's coming outside. Um, he's actually stepping outside of the, the, the system right now to kind of uh, understand that, that the money flows in when you now the here, and this is what I'm going to leave you guys with, cause I'm going to pass it to Nicole, but what we're realizing money comes from, yes, from God, but through what there's one place that money comes from who answers, who can answer that question for me? Focus, love, attention. No. Um, yes, but no. no. What? What is it? What, people serving other testing no. mindset. Who said people? Serving Who other people. Me? I did. Serving other people. People. Yeah. Yeah, money yeah, people. only comes from people because people are the only. Who's people. got people. your money? Yes, <laughs> Pe- people. Money comes from people. So you have to be in such a place of confidence, of power, of creativity, of knowing your purpose, having a vision, having a mission, having a product or service so that when people come to you, they want to buy your product or service. You give them your energy and they give you in exchange for your energy, another energy source, which is called money. Okay. You have to surround yourself. That's why they say your net work is your net worth. Money only comes from people. And if you're surrounding yourself with people with broke mindset, what are you going to get from those people? More poverty. When you surround yourself with people that have an abundant mindset, that have a millionaire mindset, that have a billionaire mindset, and you're providing value to the world, you're going to get more of that so remember that i'm going to land there uh i'm going to pass the mic unless maybe i have time for like one more person to comment on what i've been sharing and then i'm going to pass the mic to my beautiful uh partner in crime nicole who else one Gina, more this is Tony Monet for TV. i'd like to give an example of yes. um of an abundance mindset as a hair as a hairstylist when i try that when i tell myself money flows to me like water i promise you i always seem to get an, another customer um someone that are a new client um a new client is what i would get and then i'll say this um when when you think like that um it, it really does happen um and i just appreciate this segment but but if you have limited beliefs 
then then you won't. And one one other example is I was afraid to tell my client that I had been um, servicing for two years that I had to go up on on his prices. And I consulted with a friend and she was just like, you just have to realize you have to look out for you and your family and you have to realize that yesterday's price is not today's price. But the fact that somebody had to just encourage me to even charge what I know that I'm worth you know, it's it's about mindset change. So thank you so much for this. You were on fire. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you had somebody in your life to um, give you that knowledge and that wisdom and help help you change that mindset. Uh, okay, so thank you all so much for being here. Guys, we're at 247 shares. Let's get that up to 300 and let's invite some people into the room. I also want you to know that there is a link above that is the link to purchase a ticket. That ticket is to attend a mastermind. So talk about mindset, talk about changing, you know, your mindset to get in flow, to get in abundance, to learn what you need to do in order to um, level up in life and surround yourself with incredible people. I would encourage you all to click that link at the top uh, and purchase your ticket and attend along with like hundreds of other women from the mom link community that will be there uh, to come to our virtual, it's all virtual. And it's March 5th, and we would love you to be there. Um, I'll be talking, Crystal will be talking, Nicole will be talking, Modeline will be talking, and it's gonna be like a dig deep. Like, I wanna dive deep into who our community is. It's not just gonna be us talking at you, but we're gonna be doing work together, and I want you guys there to join us. All right, Nicole, over to you, beautiful. Thank you, Gina. Good morning, champions. Woo uh, just Good morning. I'm here in the mornings, then what are you really doing with your life, right? What are you really attracting? If you're on Clubhouse and you're in some drama rooms or you're in some rooms that are not feeding your mind, your spirit, your body, that's your first mistake. But everybody in this room, I know you're here for a reason. I know you're coming to get that education, that inspiration, that motivation, and you're in the right place. So I just want to start off with the four surefire ways to create wealth in this world. There's four ways. We know these four ways. Real estate, sales owning a successful business and compound interest, right? Those are the four surefire ways that we can create wealth in this world. So our relationship with money and knowing these surefire ways, this is how we can grow. This is how we can create wealth in our families and for future generations. So I'm going to, I'm going to rewind all the way to, um, you know, because where it starts is your parents' relationship with money and very similar, similar to Gina and Crystal. I also grew up, um, foreign parents, Portuguese parents. Um, my, my mom came to this, came to Canada at 18 years old. She worked for a wealthy Portuguese family that owned a import and exporting company. She was a nanny, um, and a housekeeper. And then when she met my dad, they moved to a smaller city and they were like on their own, right? So just like Crystal's mom, my mom worked in the fields cooking, you know, picking cucumbers, tomatoes, doing tobacco in the winter at night, even picking worms for bait. And I even remember being a little girl um, sitting in the, in the back of the mercury topaz that my mom had and uh, sleeping, drinking pop, and then you know, finding my way into the field of strawberries and just filling my belly, right? And, and that, that was not abnormal to me, right? I didn't know that, you know, most, most mothers, you know, born in Canada were working real, you know, not real jobs, I'll say, but better jobs, right? Better, better quality work, not sitting in the sun all day, um, you know, doing this kind of work. <clears throat> and so my mom you know, growing up in a, in a communist Portugal where you traded, literally traded goods for goods. So, you know, you would trade meat for olive oil, you would trade wine for, you know, steak, et cetera, et cetera. And my mom actually was one of the, you know, her family was one of the more wealthy ones in the village because my grandfather owned a lot of land. And so the more land you had, the more ability you had to grow food, the more land you had to pasture, you know, your, your animals. And so this was, you know, when my mom came to Canada, she literally still lived like she was in Portugal. And so what did this teach me about money? We've got a hot mic and, and please catch these mics because it's very distracting. Um, so what did this teach me about 
um, about money. It taught me that you had to work from 4 a.m. to 6 p.m. at night, take care of your home, take care of your children. It taught me that you had to sometimes do what you didn't want to do, but whatever the circumstances were that you needed to fulfill and provide, you needed to do that. It taught me that I should go to university and that I should get you know, a comfortable desk job. It taught me that hard work wasn't necessarily the goal. Passion in your work wasn't necessarily the goal, but just saving money and having money, right? Living like you're poor, working to the bone, doing what you have to do given the circumstances. And so my mom didn't want any of that for her children. She wanted us not to struggle. She wanted us to, you know, go to school, get a degree, get a good job, and your life is set. But really, we all know that when you're working a job, you're just on a hamster wheel. You're never going to be wealthy, right? Unless you take that money and you put it into one of the four ways or all of the four ways. Unless you take that money, you buy some real estate. You take that money, you open a business and, and sell good products. You take that money and you invest it and, and start making compound interest. So I go to school, I get my degree, I get a job in my field working in politics. And I love my job. I was useful. It was prestigious. It had great perks. All of the Portuguese people in the community, um, you know, were proud and my mom, you know, had status because of it. And it just, it wasn't what I wanted because even though I enjoyed it and I was making an impact and every day was different and I was helping people, I knew that the ceiling was really low, right? There, there wasn't room for growth and the growth that there was, which would, which would have been to be, you know, the executive assistant, that's not the work that I wanted. Right, because I saw what she did. I saw her job. It wasn't, there was nothing glamorous about it. But I was comfortable. I had the degree. I was working my field. I had the prestige. I had the benefits. I wasn't necessarily unhappy, but I knew there was more for me. I knew this, this was aligned with my purpose, but it wasn't my purpose. And so often, what you have planned and what God has planned can be very different. And because God knows, or the universe, or whatever it is that you subscribe to, because the universe or God knows your potential and what your heart truly desires, sometimes he will change your entire life to set you up for what it is that you really, really in your heart want. And so I married my husband. My husband at the time, he owned a clothing store um, which was successful, but then he got really involved in health and fitness. He had 120 pound weight loss, um, which really, you know, got him addicted to health and fitness. And he helped many people. He opened a gym and was crazy successful. Like we, when we took control of the gym, it was barely paying the electricity bill. And we took it from 3000 to over a hundred thousand dollars in a month, not in a month. It took about a year and a half to get there, but it was, it, the success was crazy, right? It was just such a buildup. And so even though I wasn't making the money that I wanted, my husband was, and we were comfortable, right? So quit my job and, and pursue my passion, right? That, that would have sounded crazy at that time, right? Because I was still aligned with my purpose. It just wasn't necessarily my passion. So what did God do? We, did, we owned the business, but we didn't own the building. And so the gym was foreclosed on because there was some issues with the owner, um, you know, drugs and, and just really mismanaging of his money. So we lost it. One day, it was Sunday. We get a call at midnight. There's We see, look at the cameras. There's people in the gym. Doesn't look right. So my husband heads over there and it's a bailiff basically locking the door. So we took that business over. We didn't own any of the equipment. We just owned the business and not the building. Small town, we had over 3,000 members and people talk, right? People don't understand business. People don't understand that this could literally happen to anyone. 
And it wasn't something that we had even foreseen. To be honest with you, we had just met with the owner and the and their the bank to purchase the building. And seven days later, we get a, a sign on the door. So all of our, you know, most dedicated gym goers who wake up at three in the morning, get to the gym at four, couldn't get in the gym. And then it becomes this whole thing of, you took our money, you know, how did this happen? Um, people just don't, you know, they didn't understand. And even though we made an agreement with another gym to t accept all of our members, to accept all of their personal training packages, so everybody could have a smooth transition, even though we didn't necessarily have to do that, that's not our character, right? So even though this happened to us, we would break our backs to ensure that our clients and our customers still could continue on with their service. And this really, the small town, how can I, you know, I've I'm so comfortable with this, you know, government job and working for this politician and, you know, I'm, it's so prestigious and I have benefits and we have a six month old child. Like I can't, I can't, if I can't leave my family, I can't go, you know, live in the United States of America, you know, start over. Like I'm a, I'm a mama's girl. Like I grew up in a bakery from 13 to 21, I literally was up at 4 a.m. working till 6 p.m. alongside my mom. I, I could never be away, too far away from my family. But like I said, God has a plan. And if you trust him, it will always work out. So here we are. We're in Texas. I've got uh, an eight-month-old baby at the time. We had just got married, okay? This happened in June. We got married in September. We had the baby in April. So it was like, and it rains. Y'all know this, right? So fast forward to where I am now. When I got to Texas, I was a housewife and a mom. And those were two things that I never wanted to be in my life. I wanted to have the career. I wanted to be the politician. I wanted to have the prestige. I wanted to have the impact. So far away from those things, having no idea how I'm ever going to get back to purpose. But Crystal and I, we were actually influencers. We had the uh, account called Shameless Mamas. And basically it was about, you know, telling the reality of motherhood, you know, the Pinterest, the the mess the you know the just trying to do your best right at that for quite a long time like we were like what maybe a year and a half two years in this and we're like what are we doing like this really isn't going anywhere and then we and then we met Gina and then we created the mom link and now we started a business sales And now we're living in our purpose and we're, and we're working with our passion. And then we're, we've got profit, right? So no matter where you are, what you're going through or what business you're in, and if it's not even working, everything is a lesson. Everything is a setup for the next thing because the universe knows what is in your heart what it is that you truly want. And if you, it is your job today. And think about that seriously and very truly because anything that you're, this isn't cliche, this isn't woo. Anything that your heart truly desires, anything that you feel compelled and called to be yours and will be yours. If you just identify it, always keep your focus working towards that associated with success scared of success is a real thing 
I was too scared to leave my job. I was comfortable. What my husband was making was enough to keep us continuous comfort. So no matter what, the amount of abundance has, it's as deep as the ocean and as wide as the ocean. If everyone in the world grabbed a bucket, went to the ocean and took a bucket of water, there would be no dent. And that's like the abundance available to us. We can all have a pie. We don't need to slice it and have a piece of it. We can all have the pie. But sometimes you don't, you can't even fathom is truly coming to you. You just have to stay focused and know what it is that you want. So knowing your parents' relationship with money. Yes, my mom, she wasn't working in her passion. Having a bakery, being a baker was not her passion. But it did give her purpose. And it did create profit. And allowed her children to go to school. It allowed all of the expenses to be paid. It allowed her to pay off her mortgage, have her vehicles, provide for her family. And sometimes it doesn't mean that what we're doing right now and at the moment is what we're supposed to be doing forever. And if you get too comfortable with where you are, you can always be uprooted and taken away from that. And it might not look pretty. It might not look like success. It might be everything you actually hate, but it's working towards the outcome, which is success. And I just hope that landed with somebody here in the room because truly and honestly, you know, there's, there's, there's four things, real estate, sales, business, compound interest. If you can at least get your hands into two of those, whether it's business and sales, sales and real estate, sales and compound interest, you can create wealth in your life. And you can do that by identifying your, your purpose. You know, a lot of times people think, well, I, you know, it's passion. Do what you're passionate about. No, that's not always the case. Sometimes passion and purpose are interchangeable. Sometimes you have to do, you know, you have to work alongside your purpose to find your passion and then create profit. And unless anyone has any questions or if that landed with yeah. anyone, I, I welcome, that, I welcome awesome, you on, on Mike. Yeah, love that, love that, Nicole. That was awesome. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.